Rosie's shoes made a scrunching sound as she crossed the frozen grass, her breath steaming in the crisp, cold air. She climbed the wide steps of the three-storey sandstone villa and gazed up at the top-floor windows, wondering which one the young Pakistani bride had tumbled from to her death. She shivered a little at the thought of the girl's final moments, that split second when the window had been flung open and she would have felt the blast of cold on her face for the last time. She wished morbid pictures wouldn't flood her head, but it was always the same on a death knock, though this was no ordinary death knock. What brought Rosie to the place they called Little Karachi, a five-minute drive from Glasgow city centre, was whether she fell or was pushed. A Pakistani girl had committed suicide, the police had concluded, in the absence of any evidence to the contrary. The problem with poking around a place like Little Karachi was that you had to tread carefully. Once home to generations of Scottish industrialists and merchants, Pollock Shields, with its rows of two- and three-storey detached houses, was now the dominion of hundreds of Pakistani families, most of whom were business people, intermarried within their own communities. Of course, there was a bit of mystery about the way they led their lives, how they arranged their marriages, the strict rules and regulations, but they'd become part of Scottish culture. Nobody asked questions, until recently. A couple of years ago, a gang of Pakistani yobs had kidnapped and beaten a local white boy, burning him alive and abandoning him in waste ground, where he died in agony. It had sparked outrage outside the community, and plenty of anger within. Then another story about a young woman who'd apparently set fire to herself in a house up around Mary Hill. There were whisperings of some kind of honour killing. Police couldn't prove any foul play, and put it down to suicide, but a whiff of mistrust hung over the community now. People, probably racist deep down to begin with, started to question the way the Asians lived. The Asians shrank into themselves, but they were no longer left to their own devices. People asked questions and felt strongly that to do so was their divine right. Rosie's Pakistani contact had told her there was something dodgy about the latest young bride's death. Omar, a born and bred Glaswegian, might attend Friday prayers at the mosque, but he was as much a wide boy as any street-smart punter from the East End, and had his finger in every Asian pie. He was her only link into their closed world, and he would never throw her a line like that if there wasn't something in it. She could see shadows in the bay window of the big living room, where a few women seemed to be scurrying around. As she peered through the big stained glass door on the porch, someone was coming down the hall. More than one person. The door opened just a little, on a chain. Rosie put on her most understanding face. Hello, sorry to trouble you at this time. My name is Rosie Gilmore. I'm from the Post. It's about the bride. Rabia. The door closed again. Rosie glanced over her shoulder to the car, where the photographer, Matt, was sitting looking up at her. She told him to stay where he was, as she thought it best to hit the door by herself. She shrugged at Matt. Then more shadows at the door and this time it opened fully. A tall man in a traditional Pakistani tunic stood looking down at her, his pockmarked cheeks half covered by a bushy beard. She was ready with her pitch again, 
when, to her surprise, he took a step back. You can come in, he beckoned her. I am Rashid Shah. Rabia was my son's wife. His accent was Glaswegian, but laced with Pakistani tones. Rosie stepped into the large, gloomy hallway, her eyes drawn to walls festooned with tapestries of what looked like ancient Asian rituals or legends. Big porcelain jardiniers with plant pots and plastic flowers framed the wide spiral staircase where a crimson carpet swept up to a landing, then around another staircase. A couple of children peeked out of a bedroom on the landing, then closed the door again. The pungent aroma of Asian cooking wafted from the kitchen at the end of the hall, and Rosie glanced over to see three women coming out of an adjoining room, each of them dressed in full traditional clothes, bright oranges and reds.